Whether this is her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct is everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct, your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Welcome to How Stuff Works Now. I'm your host, Lauren Vogelbaum, a researcher and writer here at How Stuff Works. Every week, I'm bringing you three stories from our team about the weird and wondrous developments we've seen in science, technology, and culture. This week, we know artificial lighting messes with our body's circadian rhythm, but research has now linked it to childhood obesity. In less depressing medical news, a vaccine that destroys tumors is being tested in cancer patients. And further proof that not everything is hopeless, there's one printed entertainment industry that has not been gutted by the rise of digital publishing, comics. But first, we received our very first listener mail today from Patrick. Thank you, Patrick. You win everything intangible. And I'll see if we can work the story that you sent into a segment next week. But speaking of segments, we'll start today with comics. My colleague Christian Sager explains how printed comic books are thriving alongside their digital counterparts. Uh, note that the numbers in this story are from 2014, which represent the most recent comprehensive sales data at this time. Print sales are growing alongside digital comics without any cannibalization of their audience. In a time when comics characters are everywhere, TV, movies, and yes, the internet, good old floppy single issues have been selling consecutively better for the last five years. Quick disclaimer, I'm a comics creator, and I sell my books in both print and digital formats, but we're not covering this story for my benefit. We're doing it because it's an interesting look into how we consume media and culture. There's two different models that let you read comics on your desktop, tablet, or phone. The first is a purchase model that's dominated by the Comixology application. You simply buy a digital comic with your digital payment of choice, download it to your device, and start reading. There's also a subscription model promoted as Netflix for Comics. Marvel has a service like this called Unlimited that lets you read pretty much everything in their archive up until a few months ago. Last month, Comixology launched a similar service, also called Unlimited, featuring 
thousands of comics from a variety of publishers designed as a gateway drug for new readers. There's lots of other subscription services out there too, like Scribd, Crunchyroll, and more. Now, just looking at the purchase model, digital comics revenues reached $100 million in 2014. Meanwhile, print comics are still on a steady rise since 2011, when sales were at an all-time low. As of 2014, single-issue comics and collected volumes were an $835 million business. There are still dips and bumps in the business. For instance, April 2016 saw sales go down as many publishers released fewer comics. But still, the industry is doing great. As David Harper from Sketched recently pointed out, more comics and graphic novels are being released now than any time since the industry crash in the mid-1990s. And revenues are up. Compared to the circulation and ad revenue of newspapers and magazines, that's tremendous. So what's the deal? Why don't digital comics eat into the print market? Well, CNBC speculates that the collectible nature of the medium might have something to do with it, kind of like the popularity of vinyl records. Concurrently, print and digital comics may have completely different audiences. Either way, most comics experts agree that the industry is providing better quality comics with a broad variety of themes appealing to a growing audience. And that can only help sell more books. Next up, Jonathan Strickland, one of my co-hosts on my other podcast, Forward Thinking, brings us the story of how doctors in the United Kingdom have begun human trials for a vaccine designed to seek and destroy cancerous tumors. Over the past several decades, doctors have been experimenting with a type of cancer treatment called immunotherapy. The idea behind immunotherapy is pretty simple. The goal is to train a cancer patient's immune system to fight off cancer cells. But it's much easier said than done. For one thing, cancer patients often have a suppressed immune system. And for another, their defense mechanisms might not even recognize cancer as a threat. That's where this vaccine, developed by scientists at the Guy's and St. Thomas's Biomedical Research Center in London, comes in. A vaccine's job is to introduce the body to antigens, which are molecules that instigate an immune response. Typically, a vaccine will contain a weak or deactivated version of the disease it's meant to protect against. When you get a vaccine, your immune system fights off the weakened illness, which is usually a virus or type of bacteria. Your immune system makes a record of the antigen so that it can spring into action should that pesky disease show up again. We already have some vaccines that are effective in preventing diseases that can lead to certain types of cancer, but using a vaccine to treat a patient's existing cancer is a bit different. The UK doctors used a piece of protein from an enzyme called human telomerase reverse transcriptase, or H-T-E-R-T. This enzyme is what allows cancer cells to divide. If all works as it should, the vaccine will teach immune systems to target cells with this enzyme, leaving others untouched. Patients in the trial will receive the vaccine in several stages, along with a low dose of chemotherapy drug. At a low dose, the chemotherapy should stimulate the immune response and kick things into gear. The study is scheduled to last two years. If proven successful, the vaccine will be a huge leap forward in cancer treatment. this week, Robert Lamb, the undefeated winner of our office's best sideburn superlative, explores research that has linked the use of artificial lighting to childhood obesity and even to some forms of cancer. Cancer. 
Now, just to refresh, there's night, there's day, and life here on Earth evolved to roll with those varying degrees of light exposure. For us diurnal humans, that meant ruling the sunlit hours and hitting the hay in the evenings. But then came fire, lanterns, electricity, and now we're constantly lit by nightlight, street lamps, and countless glowing screens. Hey, modernity is nice, but what's the cost? New research out of Australia and Israel suggests some troubling answers. Researchers from the Queensland University of Technology studied three to five-year-olds from six Brisbane childcare centers. Specifically, they looked at each child's sleep activity and light exposure over a two-week period. They also noted height, weight, and body mass index. Then. They followed up with the children a year later. In a paper published in the journal PLOS One, they found that slimmer children received the most light exposure in the afternoon, and that's both indoor and outdoor lighting. Furthermore, moderate light exposure earlier in the day and greater exposure overall correlated to increased body mass index 12 months later. Hey, this isn't that surprising, given what we already know. Artificial light exposure can interfere with circadian rhythm and alter the expression of melatonin, impacting sleep as well. As As normal hormonal function. Research from Israel's University of Haifa seems to back this up. In a paper published in the International Journal of Obesity, they connect the dots from artificial lighting at night, particularly white LED light, to melatonin suppression and a metabolic tendency for increased body mass. Furthermore, they link to previous Israeli studies linking light pollution to increased cases of breast and prostate cancer, potentially due to melatonin's antioxidant and anti-cancer properties that are lost in all that light-induced suppression. There's still quite a lot of work to be done here, but the science presents us daywalkers with a troubling picture. With our lamps and our tablets, we've transformed the darkness and potentially opened a previously unknown doorway to disease. That's our show for this week. Thank you so much for tuning in. Subscribe now for more of the latest and strangest science news, and send us links to anything you'd like to hear us cover. Plus, any suggestions that you might have for science-themed clothing that I will feel compelled to buy, despite my already large science-themed clothing wardrobe. Shoot us an email at nowpodcast@howstuffworks.com, and to access thousands of other stories like these, check out our home planet, now.howstuffworks.com. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average. Plus, it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org/cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed a hundred thousand miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at eBayMotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. What's up, y'all? Janice Torres here, and I'm Austin Hankwitz. We're the hosts of Mind the Business: Small Business Success Stories, a podcast presented by iHeartRadio's Ruby Studios and Intuit QuickBooks. 
Join us as we speak with small business owners about the tools they use to turn their ideas into success. From finding that initial spark of entrepreneurship to organizing payments and invoices, we've got you covered. So follow and listen to Mind the Business Small Business Success Stories on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts.